Hi, I'm Bishop Jerome Jones, and welcome to Reaching the Next Generation with the Revelation of Jesus Christ. I am blessed to be able to come this way again on this radio network, BTBN Radio, and I hope you are ready for an exciting time in the Word of God. Now, in our last broadcast, we taught from the perspective of the pastor's anointing in the area of the shepherd's heart. And so today we're going to be continuing on to uh, learn some things in the Word of God. We're going to actually be learning what are the objectives of the pastor as well as what are the opposition to your objectives as a pastor. So I hope you got your Bibles and you're ready to follow along with us in the Word of God because we are truly going to learn some things today that will impact your lives. And even if you're not a pastor, even if you are uh, uh, not feeling the call of the pastor in your life, I'm sure that if you're a child of God, you're going to learn from these principles that God is going to deliver to us today. So I hope you'll follow along with us. Call up a neighbor and friend. Tell them to join the broadcast that you are right now listening to. We're going to be sharing from the book entitled The Pastor's Anointing. So if you'd like to get your own personal copy of today's book, uh, the lesson that we're teaching from uh, uh, the book that we're teaching is The Pastor's Anointing, and you can have your personal copy by simply visiting mbfaithlibrary.com. That's mbfaithlibrary.com. Get your own personal copy of the book so that you can start your own very personal faith library. You know, I believe that every child of God that loved the Lord, that seeks to please God, should have their own faith library. So I'm going to encourage you to go to mbfaithlibrary.com and get the copy of the book so you can have all the lessons and get all of the rich truth that is in this book. Amen, amen. Now we're going to move on into the study. You know, we are so happy that God will give us the understanding of this truth that we can, you know, not just be called of God to do something, not just be uh, uh, put into a, a position without having the instructions for that position. So, you know, when you go to work on a new job and you get hired on, then they give you a, a manual that, that describes what your job description is uh, so that you can get acquainted. You know, you've already got the job, but now you've got to get acquainted with what the responsibility of that job is, how to carry out that responsibility. You know, it, it's not enough for us to just know what the responsibility is, what the job is. We must know how to administer the job, how to work the calling. And so there are so many pastors, there are so many uh, that have been called of God and they sense this anointing in their life. They they sense that, God, I, I know you've called me. I know you anointed me to do a work. But then they're, they're stumbling at how to move forward. They're stumbling at what it is that they are uh, to do or how to do. And, you know, this has been a, a situation in church for many, many years. You know, we have heard much of what to do. We have heard much of what uh, is required, but 
the how to do what we must do have somehow escaped the body of Christ in many areas. So what we're designed uh, to do as perfectors, we're designed to show you how to do what it is that God has already told you to do. Now notice what I said, because immediately as I made that statement, the Holy Spirit just shined a light on that. We are designed as perfectors to show you what to do that God has already shown you how to do what God has already told you to do. In other words, God has already told you and now he is sending perfectors to show you how to do what he has already told you. Now, what does that mean to us? That means that there has to have been a quickening in your spirit by God for the office of pastor. In other words, God has to be the one that has called you to the pastorate. And when someone else comes along, they can affirm that calling in your life. They can help you in perfecting the operation of that calling in and through your life. But you must be in agreement that that indeed is what God has called you to do. So now with that, I want to say that everyone that is in the pastorate should only be in the pastorate because they've been called of God to be there. Not because they was just placed by a man to be there, by a woman to be there, by an apostle to be there. Not because they've just been placed. That is not the criteria for the pastorate. In order for me to be an effective pastor, I must have received the calling from God to pastor. And now the apostle can come and set me in the pastorate, in, a, in the operation of pastor and perfect me in that. The apostle can come and actually give me a station in which I'm going to pastor, you know, in other words, send me to a location and etc. But if I have not been called of God, then that that the apostle do is in vain in trying to set me in the office of the pastor. So let's just understand that God has to call us be that and, and, and we are the perfectors. Remember, and let's never lose sight. Let's never lose sight of the, the purpose for the gifts that God has put in the church because we went back and we can go back and look again. At Ephesians, he said, I told you what the purpose for these gifts are. The purpose for these gifts is for the perfecting of the saints. Now, just think about that again. In order for these gifts to be effective, the person first must be a saint. See, the person that is not a saint, these gifts that doesn't have any meaning to their and in their lives. But the person that is a child of God, that has already been touched by God, already been birthed by God, then now these gifts can be employed in their lives to perfect them, to bring them to that spiritual maturity that God has for them, that God intended for and intends for the body of Christ. Now, let's look at something here because I said in the last broadcast that the pastors is responsible for securing an environment in which the people of God can mature in love and truth. That's the role of the pastor. The pastor, you are, and I are responsible for securing an environment. In other words, it's, it's saying that the pastor must make sure that, that the environment is safe, that the environment is conducive 
to the growth in love, to the growth in the truth. So those are two uh, major components right there, major elements, because every pastor has to look and and answer the question. And, and the question's got to be, is this environment conducive for the saints of God to grow up in love? Is, is, when I come into this environment, what am I getting deposited in my spirit? What is being fed in my spirit? Because whatever is being fed in my spirit is going to shape who I am and how I perform. So therefore, the pastor must be mindful of all that is being fed in the sheepfold so that that environment will be a safe environment that will cause the sheep to grow in love. So now, here's what we've got to come to reckon with. If the pastor have any unforgiveness, is walking in in unforgiveness, is walking in jealousy, in walking in malice and strife, walking in gossip and walking in backbiting. If the pastor is doing all those things, then that environment is not safe for the saints of God. That environment is not conducive for the saints to mature. And the pastor has not secured that environment. So we have to start with the pastor right there, but we're not limited to the pastor because to see the pastor also has to make sure that there's no one else in that environment that is in the leadership and part of the governing body that no one else in that environment is operating in jealousies, operating in malice or strife or unforgiveness or bitterness and etc. So that's what it means when it said the pastor is responsible for securing the environment in which the people of God can mature in love and truth. The pastor must be aware of all hindrances to this. Everything that would obstruct that the pastor must be aware of because see so oftentimes you know things happen in the body of Christ things happen with the saints of God things are happening in in people's lives and that is impacting others and people are operating in with inside of certain operations that has an impact on the lives of the sheep and so if the pastor is not aware of those things, then the pastor is going to uh, uh, not be able to effectively move that body and, and, and lead that body. And, and, and when I say that, I can kind of hear, you know, the thoughts of people would say, well, that, that puts the pastor in a very, uh, you know, state of being seemingly into everyone's business. Well, no, it doesn't. Not really. I want to explain something here because in order for the pastor to be to be aware, in order for the pastor to to have a knowledge of what's going on in the flock, he doesn't or she doesn't have to be engaged in everyone's business. The pastor simply need to be walking with God. The pastor simply needs to be walking with God, having a heart of purity having a heart after God. See, when we have that heart after God, then God will show us that that is not him. 
in the in the among in and among the sheepfold. God will show us that that is not him. We just simply need to walk with God. We just simply need to continue to abide in the spirit. And when we as leaders continue to abide in the spirit, then the spirit searches out all things and the spirit now will reveal to us what is and what's not. You know, Peter wasn't there when and Ananias and uh, Safari did what they did. You know, they, he wasn't there, but the Spirit revealed to him. So, so pastors, you don't have to be in every conversation. You don't have to hear things based on what folks say. You know, this is one of the fallacies in the body of Christ because pastors have got to keep themselves pure. Glory to God. If they're going to lead the flock of Christ into maturity in love and in truth. You cannot lead the flock in truth and in love if your heart is not operating from purity. It just doesn't happen. So pastors got to keep themselves pure. And you say, well, what do you mean by that? Explain that. Well, the pastors got to be mindful that they are not, they don't, they do not belong in every conversation. They got to be mindful that they cannot contribute to every conversation and then that they must be mindful of their own conversation at all times. Because when a pastor is loose with their conversation, they are revealing their inner character. And if it's a flaw in that character, then others that hear that will assume that that's okay because I see it in my pastor. Or they're going to assume that that's not okay, that is not God, and because that is the pastor, I no longer can follow them. So we're going to have to understand that God, God has set an order here. And, and we have to make sure that our hearts are pure, that we can, uh, uh, in doing so, we will be responsible for securing the right environment, which the saints of God can grow in love and in truth. And, and being aware of all those things that hinders that, the pastor is a nurturer and is responsible. Listen to me again. The pastor is a nurturer and is responsible. And, and every time I say that word responsible, I want you to really think, take it on. They're responsible because when you say that word responsible, when I say that, there's something coming after that. They're responsible to cultivate. They're responsible to care for. They're responsible to look after and cherish the measure the Father has given to each of the flock. Now, that is just an awesome responsibility. You just go, Let's go back here. Let's go back here. The, the pastor is responsible to cultivate. In other words, that they can see something in the life, that gift that's in the life of the believer. And God has trusted you as the pastor to cultivate that. To, to make that thing usable in the kingdom, you know, to cause that individual to be able to walk in that that God has done in their lives. So they're responsible to cultivate. They're responsible to care for. In other words, they have to have some genuine care for the gift that God has placed in others. Now, you say, well, uh, you said, well, Bishop, what does that do? 
Well, let me just explain that a little bit because when I have a genuine care for the gift that is in my brother, Lord Jesus, for the gift that is in my sisters, then I'm not going to be able, there's not going to be a chance now for jealousy to be created in my heart because I have a genuine, genuine care for the gift that is in there. So if I'm the pastor, I'm not going to try to hold them down. I'm not going to try to quench what God is doing in their lives. I'm going to actually try to bring it out. I'm going to actually try to lift it up. I'm going to actually try to promote it in a way that caused them to be encouraged to do all that God has equipped them to do with the gift of God. And it's never going to be a, a, a thing that I uh, create a stumbling block for that when I have a genuine care for that gift. And that's what God has given the shepherd. That's what's in the pastor's anointing. That's what's in the shepherd's heart. And so when we are operating in the shepherd's heart, uh, we can see people with dynamic gifts and, and we're going to do everything we can to bring that person to the fullness of operating in that gift. And there'll be nothing that we do that will serve as a hindrance to that individual. So again, the responsibility is to cultivate. The responsibility is to care for. And the responsibility is to look after and cherish the measure that the Father has given to each of the flock. See, when we have that heart, we see now that God has deposited gifts and measures in every individual in the flock. And so now we are going to approach this from the right disposition of heart. And therefore, we're going to be okay with God using any individual. We're going to be okay. We're not going to be seeking self-glory. We're not going to be seeking the spotlight. We're not going to be seeking recognition. We're just going to be so joyful at God using, at God using others in the body of Christ. Because first of all, Remember, we are walking by the pastor's anointing in the spirit of God, and we have a genuine care for that individual. We have a, a, a love for God, a love for the people of God, and we've embraced our responsibility as being a nurturer, and we are now taking on the responsibility to cultivate and to care for and to cherish the measure that the Father have put in each one of his sons. And so now that means that we're not giving any place for the enemy now to work uh, inside the kingdom to divide and to disrupt and to uh, cause confusion and chaos among the brethren. See, and so now we are ready to move on. 
And so I want us to just focus on that. You know, I, I wanted to take the time to uh, really share in this broadcast, you know, the uh, objectives, but I'm not going to get into the objectives just in this broadcast. You're going to have to come back in the next broadcast, and I'm going to talk about the objectives of uh, of. Uh, of a pastor, your what your objectives should be. Then in a broadcast, we're going to talk about what your opposition to the, the objections uh, that uh, the pastor have, the objectives rather. And so I want us to really understand this, but go back and let's let's hear this again, because what God is saying here today is really defining the heart defining the heart of that pastor, how that heart should be. And, and if you and I can take this word and say, God, let me just take this word and let this word be like a flashlight that's shining in my heart that, that will look at every inch of my heart and see, is there anything there that opposes this right here? Is there anything there? Do I have this uh, genuine uh, care? For the body of Christ, for the do I have this uh, this uh, uh, heart that says I am the nurturer that God has called and established in among the flock for the to take on the responsibility of cultivating those souls of caring for their souls and of looking after and of cherishing uh, that measure that God the Father has given inside or to each member of the flock. Do I have that sentiment? Do I have that genuine sentiment toward that? Or am I a little bit uh, uh, standoffish because I see God doing something in this person's life that I think might outshine what he's doing in my life? Am I of the mindset that I'm comparing myself to that person or that person to me or, or two other people together and seeing which one is better than the other one? Which one? Am I doing all those things? When I am, then I'm not walking in the pastor's anointing and I'm not operating from the shepherd's heart because the shepherd's heart now have the same care for each one, for the measure that God has put in each member of the body of Christ. And see, and that's going to be an environment when the when we as the shepherds have that heart and operate as such, that's going to be an environment now that we just talked about earlier. It's going to create that environment where the saints of God can mature in love and in truth. See, when they see this environment, they said the saints of God is looking at the shepherd. The shepherd is the feeding ground for the saints. And so when they see the, the shepherd operating in this, because that's what we have been called to do. We've not just been called to teach a word. We've not been called just to preach the word. We've not been called just to be a good orator of the scripture and a good articulator of what the Bible says. But we've been called to mirror that with our life, to mirror it with the way way we live, the way we conduct ourselves, how we uh, represent God before the body of Christ so that they can look at us and see the word of God in operation. Look at us and see God doing what we are instructing them to do. They want to see God doing that in our lives. And so we as the pastor that God has equipped with the 
pastor's anointing have an awesome responsibility to walk inside of that anointing, to walk inside of that humility, to walk inside of that love, to walk inside of that compassion and care and pitifulness to the body of Christ and others, that the light of the glorious gospel can be seen operating and flowing through our lives, touching a lost world are touching the child of God to bring them to perfection. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. I've enjoyed being with you today. I'm Bishop Jerome Jones. Don't forget, I want you to get your own personal copy of today's book. The book that we're teaching from today is The Pastor's Anointing. Get your copy by visiting mbfaithlibrary.com. That's mbfaithlibrary.com. Make it a part of your very own personal library. I'm Bishop Jerome Jones saying to those here and around the world, if you go with God, God will surely go with you. And you do now by all means have a Jesus-filled day.